We are dedicated to spreading the good news of Jesus Christ through all available means with a sole focus of teaching the word, making it plain, sharing it with love. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for allowing us to all come together again uh, in this house of the Lord. Thank you for allowing us to get here from wherever we're at. Uh, from across town to down the street, we all came here together to be of like mind. Thank you so much for allowing us to be multiple parts of the same body. Thank you so much for allowing us to um, have our own special talents and our gifts, uh, but to, to come together and to build you up, to increase you. Lord, thank you so much for loving us in spite of ourselves. In your name we pray. Amen. So for those who don't know, I am, I am Nigerian. I was brought up in a Nigerian household, Both my parents were born and raised in Nigeria and they were, they were strict. I'm sure you guys have ideas. You've heard things about how that could be and they're all true. They're all true. I see Sister Wanda laughing and I, I'm going to take it back a little bit because some of the stuff I've heard is crazy. So I'm not, I'm not backing that stuff up, but I'm saying that they're strict. It's a strict household, right? But I'm a, I'm a focus on I'm a I'm a focus on um being strict about grades and maybe how you present yourself in public, um the things you produce. I'm a, I'm gonna kind of focus on those things. I'm not talking about everything, okay? No, I'm saying that strict household, strict household by grades. Thank you. So, like, focusing on the grades I get, I bring home on the report card, stuff like that. Um, and people may have the same experience, but I just want to make sure I'm kind of speaking for myself, from my perspective, as a young child growing up in a Nigerian household, right? So, I felt that there was no real way to really be in good graces with my parents when it came to grades. Um, looking back, I look at it a little bit different now, but I'll just say from my perspective at that time, I knew what they expected. And it was nothing short of perfection with grades. I would get in trouble for getting a 92 in reading, uh, for getting a 95 in math because they expected more of me. At least that's what they told me. The expectations were that I don't get less than perfect on my grades. So I know that's the perspective of a child. And the understanding at that point was that I may not be good enough to get that all the time, but I have to do my best. If I don't try, I'm definitely going to fall short. But the point I want to get to is that there was an expectation that I stay in accordance to a specific standard, whatever the standard is. In this case, it was making perfect grades. Not a big deal, not a big thing, but that impacted me. The standard being perfection with grades. And I didn't meet that standard. Not all the times. I would get good grades. I would get the hundreds they were asking for, but I would also get ones that were less than that, right? I wasn't happy with myself or what I produced, ultimately. I think there's a lot of good that came of it, but there was a lot of insecurity in myself. And the insecurity in myself may not be something that someone else saw. 
And if they saw there was insecurity, they may not have stemmed it to the grades because for them, maybe the grades were fine or above average or, or what have you. But there was an insecurity about the grades I produced. I recall not feeling comfortable in my skin. I don't know if it makes sense. I recall not doing stuff because I thought it made sense or because I thought that's what was in me to do. I found myself trying to meet a standard or trying to wear some shoes or embody something that wasn't of myself, not purely. Adhering solely to the expectations of others left me without confidence in my own abilities and my own gifts. Now, it's a bit of an exaggeration because I had a, a wonderful childhood. I had a loving family, loving household. My parents loved me for all that I was. And I know it wasn't, it wasn't my parents' intent to make me feel that way, right? They wanted what's best for me. They wanted to um, make sure that I had a good sense about myself as I grew up, right? That's something good you want for your, your kids. But I thought, or at least I felt that my worth was measured by the work that I produced, by the grades I brought home. My worth was limited by the grades that I brought home. If I brought a 92 in reading home, I was only as good as a 92. Does that, does that make sense? Does everybody get that? But, but it's perspective. It's kind of how you see it, right? Now, that's my, my origin story. I'll call it origin story for today. There's more to my childhood, more to this. But that's something that I, I think about sometimes. It's nothing too crazy, right? But it did affect me. But I know there are reasons, and many reasons, and things that could lead to any and all of us not appreciating our self-worth. All right? It could be the pimples on our face. It could be any number of things. Maybe we get picked on, you know, at school, at work. Um, your eyes are, are too far apart. Or you got a, you got a high boo. You can uh, reach your back pocket by reaching over your shoulder. I don't have an issue. I never heard that. heard on Comedy Stick, but and I, and I hope I'm not making anybody feel uncomfortable about that. Hope it's not a sensitive spot. But, but being picked on can cause insecurities in ourselves, right? Maybe we, we try for something and we fail miserably. Like we bomb it. After we put so much effort into it, right? Does that make you feel the best? Probably not. And chances are we probably grow from that instance, but we don't feel the best about ourselves coming out of that, right? We get a participation trophy. <laughs> Maybe we're told that we're worthless. Or we get it beaten into us, right? I'm not going to touch that because that's too deep for today. <laughs> Brother Hagen shaking his head. But let's consider the flip side, though. I'm going to throw a little spin in that. Maybe we're told that the only one thing in particular that we do well is what makes us special. Because you play basketball, that's all that you should focus on. That's all you should do. That's, that could be a positive thing, but if you think about it, 
aren't we more than the basketball we play? Or let's say you put everything to basketball and you just don't make the professional team. Your purpose of life is, is what? Maybe we get our self-appreciation from the likes that we get from posting on Instagram. There's a lot, there's plenty of likes to go around, right? We're influencers. But the thing that people see in us or the things that we choose to show people to get a, a, a rise is not necessarily what makes us who we are. When those likes stop, what happens to our self-worth? Or maybe we have an, uh, an important title, right? But that's all we're summed up to. Dr. Victoria Brown, right? We're more than just our titles, right? We, we're more than just that, that thing that precedes our name. We're more than that. No matter how important that title is. President, you're more than just that. Or maybe it's something on the flip side of that. Maybe there's imposter syndrome, which we talked about before, where maybe you you get put in a position of importance, but you know, I say no, because it's real to us, but you think that you're just not worthy to be in that position. There's an insecurity inside of us that can tend to grow in those situations, right? So the message today, just to be very clear, is that I want you guys to be comfortable in your skin. I want, to be, I want you to be comfortable in the things that you are capable of, the things that you do, the things that you do well, the things that you don't do so well, to understand your weaknesses and strengths. I, I want you to be comfortable in your skin. And I wanna miss my words. Being comfortable in your skin is not just receiving what people tell you about yourself. So we'll dive into that. God has, God has made us great with intention. He made us who we are. Psalms 139, 13 and 14. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works my soul knows it very well. Man, God selected each strand of hair on your head. He picked every part of us before our parents knew we were coming. He knows us. He made us. And he made us great. Know that you were loved before you were born. And know that for each one of us, God has already intended a purpose. I'm going to say that again. Each one of us has a purpose for our lives. Each one of us have purposes for our lives. You hear that? We were built the way we were with the particular gifts and talents that we have for a purpose. So I'm saying in many different ways so you guys get what I'm saying. So know that we were intended to walk the path that we walk and will walk in order to impact others, in order to intersect with others, to influence others. Whether we feel like we're insignificant or not, it matters. But whether we 
feel like we're insignificant or not. It doesn't actually amount to what our actual worth is. Our actual worth is way beyond what we can ever think of ourselves. Way beyond. I don't know if it makes sense. Does that make sense, everybody? No matter how much we may look down on ourselves, it doesn't actually take away from the power that God has imbued us with of a gifts. Because that power was provided by God. And we can't stifle that. We can't stifle anything God does. If we know that God poured into us being born, poured into our walk, then we know that it's of great importance. Regardless of how we feel about ourselves, or what others may think, or how many likes we have, or how much money we have in the bank, or how important the world sees us. We're predestined to do amazing things, whether we recognize it or not. But when we accept our purpose and step into it, that's when we truly unlock the power of God, right? Can anyone here say what is our greatest power here on earth and I, I can give you a hint it's our greatest responsibility as Christians it's to love to love so not just to love ourselves but to love God to love others right in order to unlock our greatest powers the ones tied to our gifts and our talents, the ones tied to our purpose, individually and collectively, it starts with loving each other, right? And recognizing our power and our individual gifts and our abilities, as Christians, we're called to recognize the ones around us, to recognize that together, as separate parts of the body, we form one whole body, right? The message is to, to love ourselves, to recognize the, and appreciate what's inside of us. So we have to love our whole body. We have to love the other parts too. So I'm coming to appreciating others. In order to be comfortable in our skin, we also have to recognize as Christians that the other people around us have parts to play as well. And we got to appreciate that. And some of you guys may not be ready to hear that. You may not be ready to look at the person sitting next to you and be like, you know what? I recognize you for who you are, what you bring to the body. Recognize that you have gifts and talents I don't know about, but I appreciate you for it anyways. Some of us aren't ready. 1 Corinthians 12, 12, and 13, 12 to 13. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so is it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. We each have a part to play in a body. And we have to recognize that not one person is more important than the other. It's real easy to look at the head and say that that's the most important part of the body or look at the eye and say that's the most important about it, part of the body. But as a thumb, we play, we play a part. When it comes to pushing the right buttons, I bet you the eye can't do it by itself. I bet you. Altogether, the parts work in unison. Altogether, we're able to recognize our greatest power altogether, right? All the strings in harmony. 
being comfortable in your own skin is loving yourself and recognizing that you have power just by being who you are. It's also recognizing that the person next to you is to help to further the body as a whole. And together, everyone's exalting the Lord, right? I don't know if everybody's hearing me. Okay. So let me step it up a notch. I said we're here to be comfortable, to learn to be comfortable in our own skin if we're not there already, right? But we have to strive to be better. We have to strive for better. You should love yourself for who you are. You are more than enough as you are. You are uh, empowered already out the womb. But growth is key, right? If we're constantly pushing to be more like him, we, we can't ever stop. We're never going to just be God, right? We know that. We're never going to be that level of perception, but we can always strive to be more like him and improve. So let me provide clarity. If I have a habit of just always getting the last word in, right? Always getting that, that last jab in when we when we when we talk and discuss. If I'm real quick to tear, tear Brother Jeffrey down at every moment, right? Is that becoming of God? Would it make sense to say that that by myself is the best me that I can be? No. So I'm not saying we have to try to be just like somebody else or try to ignore that that's part of us, but we got to work on getting better, right? 2 Corinthians 5, 14-15. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died for our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So, yes, it's clear that God loves us in spite of ourselves, right? As, as ugly as I may be, as many pimples I may have on my face, God's still going to love me. It doesn't matter how many people... uh despise me it doesn't matter truthfully it doesn't matter how many people i despise god still loves me for who i am right that's clear we know that already but god also wants what's best for us at any given time and if we just if we have the mindset that we just came here to stall out and just be as we are and all the filth that we are and not work to improve or work to be better or we work to be more like him, we got it wrong. We got it wrong. He put us here to, one, transform, to be born again, and then to grow and flourish from that. Does that make sense? Are we there? We are intended to be his vessels. But in order to, to do that, we have to push to be the best us that we could be. So, yes, I want you to authentically be yourselves, but authentically work on the things that you know you have to work on. Authentically work to improve the things that you feel are not of God, to 
get rid of the vices if you can, to push away from them, to overcome them, to push out of sin. I want you to be comfortable in your skin, but not be cozy and comfy in your sin. Does that make sense? So, Malachi, I'm going to reach out to you because I think you know this already. Or maybe you don't need to listen, but I just want to make sure I say this to everybody else. You've heard of DBZ, right? Yeah. So, let me guys tell you about something. And it sounds silly at first, but I want to bring it home. I'm about to tell you. I'm about to tell you. That's, that's the right question, though. That's the right question. So, Dragon Ball is a cartoon. It's a cartoon. It's, it's an anime. And the thing that most people get stuck on with this particular anime is a main character named Goku. And the reason I'm bringing him up is because he ties directly into the story. Now, Dragon Ball started like 1989 as far as watching the cartoons on TV. They had a, some written literature and stuff like that. But I'm bringing this up because Goku is a person like no other. And without giving you all his backstory, he is different because he's not, he looks the same, but he's not the same. He was taught from a very young age that no matter what he looks like, what mistakes he makes, what evil or sin lies inside him, his heart and his growth are what matters most. Does that make sense? His heart and his growth are what matters most. Showing love, knowing and loving yourself, and working to be better is, is what Goku's all about. I'm also going to mention what Goku's gifts are, are his strength. He's incredibly strong. He, as a weakness, is not that bright. It's kind of dull. Um, and he's constantly battling with his flesh. just to kind of put a spin on that or let you know really what that means that he at times turns into a 50 foot rampaging monkey. Now I know this is crazy, but I want you to understand he's battling with his flesh to keep that under control, but he knows all the stuff about him. He knows that he's strong. He knows that he's not the smartest person in, in, in the shed. He knows that. He also knows that he has something he has to fight with constantly to keep himself in check, to be everything that he needs to be. But as he grows and as he comes in contact with other people, he's, he's challenged. His foundational understanding of love and self and love for others is what reigns over everything else. This, ep this cartoon has been going on for almost 900 episodes. 900 episodes. I don't know what sitcom you watched, or anything else you paid attention to that's, that's run that long. But Malachi, it's a popular uh, show, correct? The reason why I brought that up is because as silly as it sounds, maybe we need to be a little bit more go like Goku. Knowing our strengths and our weaknesses. Knowing where we may fall short and trying to overcome it. Knowing where our strengths are and still building that up. Recognizing that we should love ourselves, have confidence in ourselves. But also recognize that we should love others as well too. That type of love, that type of characteristic is not just something that stays within somebody. It, it goes out to the people around us. And as Christians, if we know that we're just a body part, 
a part of a whole body that the the love that we exude, the growth that we exude, and it reaches other people around us and it causes them to feel the same way and do the same way, it's only going to better all of us, right? So, well, it's stuck. Stop working. The idea that we are imbued with these gifts and these talents to do great things, to do impactful things, to um, to move the world, right? But we're also constantly battling with our flesh and constantly learning to overcome the sin, the flesh that we have, right? It's, it's important to recognize that balance in that. We have to recognize that no one is built just like us. And that's intentional. That's intentional by the Father. We should recognize, we should appreciate our strengths. We should strive to love ourselves while loving and appreciating others around us for who they are. We should recognize our shortcomings along with our strengths and always work to improve and build upon what we have. Does it make sense? We should hold ourselves accountable to God and to ourselves for, for sin, right? We should work to overcome those things, not be complacent and overlooking the ways that we falter, but constantly striving to do better, all right? We don't need to beat ourselves down with inaction. Don't stall out, all right? But progress forward with growth and progress forward with love. So we can, as a body, pivot, adapt, push forward, bring others into the fold, right? Help others to be born again, to transform on their own, right? So remember, above all, to show love to God, yourself, and others. Be comfortable in your skin and not in your sin. And then through his love, always seek to be better. Amen?